1: A passing pass upfield. Lady Fields gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score for Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. And first down inside his own five
0: from his own
2: end zone. Sacked and a safety on
0: Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood playing in pain with his
2: broken leg. A savage grand defense. They hand it to Steven, great jump cut, 45, 40. sees a whole burst he's through it, 20, steps to tackle, runs left, 25, still in his feet, 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number
0: 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, he's going to throw, the fake is on and he's got a first down to Stephen
1: bailey Mike Jones needs the tackle, and the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart.
3: We really need to get that intro changed. We really do. Because Tommy's here all the time now, and it just says, Michael Stewart Derek C. Apollo. Nah, we're at threesome, and the Rams are also pulling off a win today as well. 17-16, ugly, horrifyingly ugly. Lots of head chicken, Lots of penalties. Nonetheless, here we are with Michael Stewart, former Alien Reigns defensive back, and Tommy Yvonne's guys. How you doing?
2: Doing well, my brothers. Fantastic.
3: <laughs> Fantastic. What a so game, forward dude. Forward. Now, when you're, saying, when you're saying what a game, are you saying it in this kind of like, oh, man, what a game. Ugh. Oh. Or wow, that was a great game. Which one which one is it?
4: What do you think,
3: dude? <laughs> it
4: was embarrassing <laughs> Just to watch that bad football on both teams. Um played ugly football all day long. The referees played ugly football all day long. Everybody. Um it was horrible to watch, you know, you know, like Like I always say, don't blame the refs, you know, but that's, that's just something I don't like to blame the referees because like me and Mike were talking about earlier before we started the episode, when you've been on the fields, you don't blame the refs because if you start messing with them, they're going to start targeting you, you know, so you gotta, you kind of want to just be buddy, buddy with those guys, even if they're doing a bad job. You don't want them targeting you and staring at you the whole game. But I can understand from the average fan's perspective, especially a fan who's never played the game and watching football. Yeah, they're going to see it on TV. And because you, especially when you're watching it on TV, oh man, you get with the high definition technology that we have now, it's so egregious that you can see it. I get why fans get upset. I get it. Like, I totally understand, guys. What do you think, Mike? What do you got? What do you got to say about this ugly game we just watched?
2: Man, I just, I just, it's just interesting. I just keep going back in my mind, having been in the preparation mode, week in and week out for games. All the information, even now, there's more information available. You know, whether it's you know iPads or whatever technology, as you were speaking of, that they use. And it's just hard to understand. I think there was a stretch where Seattle went like eight series with no first down the second half or something like that. And the Rams weren't weren't doing too much better. And you just go, okay, you you all the plays and all the preparation, it just seems like teams would be able to move the chains a little bit better. So, you know, but as they say, in our world, a win is a win. Get it in a W call. You call them no matter how they did it. But, you know, they almost gave it away at the end. What's your thoughts, DC?
3: Well, you, I was texting you at the <laughs> end there. And I just was like, this is BS. What, what, what kind of play calling? We're going to get into that because, uh, you know, for, it was a tale of two halves. And when we're sitting here watching this first half, man, and Tom, I know you were saying this too, like honestly, the Seattle team on paper compared to this Rams team on paper, especially when we get down to that wide receiver matchup versus our secondary, this should have been a complete and total annihilation. And because it wasn't, there are a couple of things coming in that second half that I think matter. You know, I want to do I do want to praise the grit of this Rams team for kind of working their way back into it, you know, playing hard, you know, making certain plays on a certain quarterback for the Seahawks that knocked him out for a bit, just all these little things that gave them time. And yet, they almost dwindled away that comeback. So it's, it's a little bittersweet. The wind's nice, the wind is nice, and it, it justifies our pick. We, we both picked the, Se- the Rams to beat the Seahawks, even though, like I said on paper, they had no business doing so. Yet, here we are at the end, and it, all, it just it feels a little empty. So, I mean, I guess we can get into it why it feels empty, other than the fact that the refs were bad, it was an ugly games, so on and stuff from the wind, we should be thrilled about it. But the reality is at four and six and and it, there, there isn't the kind of progress I'm hoping for from these young guys. The problems they have are, are pretty well out there for any good football team to expose and, and beat up on for. Kind of like with the Cowboys a couple years, a couple weeks ago. So anything else you want to throw in there, Tommy, before we start getting into this whole recap? I mean, if we got what two division games left
4: in the season, um, this division game, we always play pretty close against our division opponents. Um, how are we going to look against people that aren't in our division? Is my concern with Matthew Stafford. You know, I there was a play where the Matthew Stafford completely overthrew um Pendo on a wheel route and. My wife happened to come in the room as the game was on. So I rewound it and I'm all, you got to watch this. And I showed it to her and I'm all, what did you see wrong with this, with this picture? Like, was there any reason why that ball was overthrown? And she's like, my wife's not really a football fan. Okay. She, she isn't, she doesn't know anything about football and she sees it. And I'm all paying close attention to the whole picture. And she said, no, there is no reason. There was nobody pressuring him. If my wife, who doesn't watch football, saw that, ugh. If this is what we're gonna get from him on simple wheel routes, where I mean, he what? What was it? Ten yards he overthrew him by it seemed like. I mean, what's going on with him, dude?
3: It's it's sad.
4: I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch the decline of Matthew Stafford. Not interested in that. For his own sake, you know, it's like watching Steve
3: Young get drugged off the field. Uh, I don't want to watch. Except that. he if was he's thrown gonna... off the field. I mean, it yeah, was, he was brutal. Lost. He was yeah. getting hit every freaking week. At one point. Mm-hmm. Just so I'm so that out.
4: Yeah, it just it bums me out,
3: dude. Like that that throw was like, all right, dude. What are we doing here?
4: It was sad. But let's get into this recap.
3: All right. Well, kind of goes into the recap a little bit because what we saw today was was not a peak performance from the Rams or offense and so on. From across the board, they pull off the win. And Matthew Stafford, I think, they play better down the stretch. Let's look at the numbers here before we do. So here's a word from our sponsor.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
3: All right. So the numbers here, as you so eloquently reminded us of, because they are, you know, it wasn't a great performance from anybody really. It's it's not great. But the Rams did twenty first downs and so sixteen for the Seahawks. Third down efficiency was ugly across the board. Two of nine for the Rams, five of fifteen for the Seahawks. Total yards, two ninety one for the Seahawks, two sixty seven for the Rams. Total play sixty three fifty nine in favor of the Seahawks. Yards rushing, twenty-seven attempts for eighty-two yards, twenty-one attempts for the Seahawks and sixty eight yards. So the Rams won that battle was Three yards a carry for them, 3.2 overall. Uh, Passing-wise, the Seahawks, 223. Rams, 185. Yards for pass, 5.8 for the Rams. Rams allowed one sack. Seahawks allowed two, although it felt like Geno Smith was under a lot more pressure than that. Easter interception, nine punts total in the game between two teams. Both averaged well 2.6 for the Rams, 2.5 for the Seahawks. And here we go. Nine penalties for 92 yards to the Rams. 12 penalties for 130 yards for the Seahawks. Pretty brutal. Time possession, 32 minutes, 6 seconds for the Seahawks, 27-54 for the Rams. Overall, not, not great. If you're looking at the individual highlights, it's not much better for really anybody. But we look at the Rams, a couple of things I want to point out. Leading receiver, Pukenokuka, 5 catches, 70 yards. Nobody had more than 28 yards. Nobody. Tutu Atwell, one catch, 17 yards. Give the man the freaking football, three targets. Cooper Cup got hurt again, one catch, 11 yards. Hope he's okay. I, well, I guess we'll find out on the other side. A D.K. Metcalf, five for 94. Tyler Lockett, 351. And I keep waiting for the Seahawks to get Jackson Smith and Jimbo more involved. He has six targets today. Uh, that's a missing piece in my view, but that's a different story for a different team. So there it is, guys going to you first. Mike, I'm going to you first. Mike, Uh, what are your first thoughts as you hear those numbers and hear about some of these individual performances?
2: Well, it's interesting that, uh, you know, pretty much if you go down the the columns, you know, pretty well evenly matched uh, down the stretch, except for the penalties. And that will always get you too many penalties, especially at the wrong time. Is going to always come back to haunt you. Now, my question to the fellas in our audience is simply this. How come we don't stick with the run a little bit more? I I just don't understand it. Why don't we just stick with the run? Fellas, quickly. Because it's boring.
4: Sean McVay doesn't like to run the ball because it's boring. He wants to throw the ball all the time. You know? I mean, Royce Freeman today was super solid. 4.3 yards of carry, 17 carries, 73 yards. He was ready to play football today. I would have gave him 25 minimum. Simple as that. You're as a coach, your job is to win. Doesn't matter how you win. It means win. Now they got a W today thanks to Drew Locke. Um, player of the game in my opinion for the Rams cuz if Geno Smith <laughs> stays in the right. game, we do not yeah. win this game. I'm gonna tell you right now because Gino Smith came in in the fourth quarter and drove him all the way down the field. And that knucklehead missed the field goal. All right. So let's not sit here and act like we did something special. We got lucky straight up and down. Gino Smith doesn't get hurt. We don't win. You guys agree with that? You're here. I do. Shit. It's ridiculous, <laughs> dude. Everyone's all jumping up and down on Twitter. I'm like, man. Boy. <laughs> and that's what, and that goes back to what we talked about um, is, you know, earlier, I think on the last episode, we talked about how, you know, nobody wants to have their Sunday ruined. The average fan wakes up in the morning on Sunday, you know, and it's Sunday. I, man, that feeling is the greatest feeling. I woke up this morning just because I'm a huge fan of this sport in general, not just a Rams fan. So every Sunday during football season since I was a kid, it's my favorite day of the week, man, and I don't want – you. nobody wants their Sunday ruined, so I get the short-sighted view within, you know, this 24-hour period. We call Sunday during the football season that people want to end their day, and on, on a good note, I get that. Um, but getting a win like this, whatever, dude. <laughs> Just because I know what's coming. I mean, we lost Cooper Cup today. Uh, You know, and I'm interested to see what this offense looks like if he's going to be injured out and out for a while again. Because the offense, when he, when, you know, me and Derek talked about this, the offense, when he was on IR in the beginning of the season, was more efficient and better. And then when he came back, because they didn't know what to do with him and Puka, because they're essentially the similar style of player. Um when you have them both on the field at the same time, um, you know, it can become an issue. And it, it, I did like that they started to go to tutu today they went to him for two big plays he didn't catch the ball but he 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 got the flag which is the same thing it doesn't matter how you get the yards it matters that you get the yards um and they were starting to, to you know feed him a little bit which you know it changes the game plan as far as the defense is concerned if they don't if you don't have a deep threat the defense is you know they're gonna tee off on you a little bit so it was just an ugly game in general. I don't mean to sound like a buzzkill to anyone who's gonna listen to this episode, but it was it was an ugly win. And we're gonna go into Arizona next week and play a very, very fiery tough Cardinals team. They looked good again today. They did not get the win. You know, um Kyler Murray played a couple of Made a couple of bonehead moves here or there, but that team in general is is playing well, so it's going to be an interesting game next week for sure and we'll get to that in the middle of the week
3: oh we, we called that one to be a loss didn't we when we went through schedule we we did we did, we did. but you know we'll see <laughs> we'll see the the thing about that game to me is that with today it's still a w, and if we're looking for w's they we should, you know, be happy with it. Yeah, like I said, it's bittersweet. You go out there and you see this team, especially the first half, does not look good. And to me, that was the hardest part for me overall was as you're watching this game and you're seeing a team that's been off for two weeks, they get a chance to get healthy, get some roles straightened out. I honestly, I picked, I picked the Rams to win this game because I thought they would square some things away. They would, after two weeks off, against a team that really, to me, the Seahawks have not played well in a while so i just thought in that context we'll see a good performance from them little did we know that the seahawks wouldn't play that well either honestly so you know i I look at this game and yeah be grateful for the win we talked about the main key point for the rams overall is that with this young team we want to see them grow we want to see them grow and i think we still especially up front, though. I, I liked the pressure they got on on Smith today. I really did. I didn't like some things I saw in the secondary. I didn't like some of the things we're seeing in terms of play calling. Uh, at this point, like you're talking about before Tommy Tutu needs, needs the football more. So that creativity is not there that they need. So that's the, that's the thing for me that really kind of, you know, Kind of is is the buzz kill, and, and yes, Tommy. By the way, you sound like a freaking buzz kill, man. They won. I just wanted to kneel you a little bit because why not?
4: Yeah, you know, they they won, but they look like trash, dude. They look they like, did they look, look like trash. Either? I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, they look. You, you want to get me fired up? Let's do this. I mean, <laughs> it's me not to hard out? to get you fired up. No. no, it's not. It's not you know hard. Me. All you got to do is poke the bear and I'll come alive. Yeah, they I just, look like I just hot garbage. Tyler Higbee needs to get off my damn team. That dude, listen, I'm going to get into that real quick. Let me tell you something. I've stood face-to-face with Tyler Higby in person multiple times at training camp, okay? Face-to-face. And when I mean face-to-face, that means my five 5'11", 225-pound butt is looking up at him and feeling like a toddler. And I'm not a small guy, Okay. But he made me feel like a small guy. And that dude in the first quarter had an opportunity to take Witherspoon and put him in orbit. I mean, he could have I rewound. That's another play that I rewound for my wife as she was in the room. And I said, look at this. And she's like, what is he doing? Why is he backing up and why is he? Letting him just run, you know, run around him towards the inside. I'm like, I have no idea. As soon as he first got his hands on him, Tyler, he twice the size of Witherspoon. All he had to do is just give him a giant shove. And that guy's on the back of his helmet. I mean, these guys are football players. I'm not seeing enough aggression from from some of these guys. I was meaner than hell when I was on the field. Off the field, I'm the nicest guy in the world. On the field, I'm I'm terrifyingly mean dude because that's it's a barbaric sport and i'm seeing tyler higby out there playing patty cake get him off our team the dude's been on our team since jeff fisher was our coach we can't i mean he's apparently the best tight end in rams history that's that's our measuring stick this guy no 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 nah. No.
2: wasn't jim get Badden off
3: my team tight end
2: so tommy do you say does that mean you have the switch? Absolutely. Do you know how to turn it on and then turn it off? <laughs> turn it off as soon as do, my favorite part of the game was
4: after the game, you know, like when you were it was fun when you were in high school, you know, when you walk across right, the field right. and you all clap each other's hands. I'm dapping my opponents up like, what's up dudes? Like they're like, "Dang, dude. Like you you're super cool." I'm like, "Yeah, off the field. I'm I'm fun to be around, man. On the field, I'm going to come for you. Yeah, absolutely right. on and off. But as soon as the game is over, I'm not looking to get in with anybody. You know, some guys, you know, the other team, man, I'm like, dude, relax. The game is over, dude. Let's go. Let's go hang out,
2: man. Chill. Yeah, absolutely on and off switch. 100%. Yeah, I definitely agree with the the Higby. I mean, when you, when you have that type of size, you got to do something with it. But I was talking to uh, my oldest boy this week, and we just – We just look at all the non-aggression on all the levels and just, you know, guys don't really want to tackle. And I, I get the rules and all that stuff. But at the same time, you have to put yourself in the position. I'm going to actually make the ref throw that flag on me because that's what he's going to have to do. Because I'm like you said, I'm coming for you now. I'm not trying to lose money. You don't want to get too many of those at the NFL level. You're going to get those fine notices in your locker, but you, you got to let people know hey, when they see a certain number coming, they need to know step on out of bounds or get on down on that ground. So uh, it's just interesting because I think, I just believe in my heart, because there's so much money now involved, Higby got that payday. And at the end of the day, he's like, man, I'm going to go in here, block a few times, and man, I might get a here and there, but hey, longevity has its place. I'm gonna just keep collecting these checks and say I play NFL football.
3: Hey, hold on a minute. Are you guys 100%. saying that? Are you saying that uh, Tyler Higby's playing soft? One hundred percent. Stuff. He looks he
4: like bad. a professional wrestler. I've seen him in person. He's a freak of nature. He, I, you know how much. I used to give my mom a hard time growing up because my dad is a meek human being, very small. Okay. And I used to give her a hard time when I played football. I'm like, mom, couldn't you have a kid with a guy that was 6'5", like 260? So I could have been a bigger guy. Like when I see a guy like Tyler Higby, I'm like so jealous. I want to be that large. That dude. As mean as I was on the field at my size when I played 5'11", 205 when I played, I hit like a guy who was 6'5", 260. So when I see a guy that big, and I see him playing patty cake with a DB, it makes me angry. Like, what are you doing? Shoot that dude into orbit. Make him never want to get near you again, bro. Like, You don't have to to get a fine to to assert your dominance unless we're just going to take the pads off and play flag football. All he had to do was shove him in the chest with both arms right at his shoulder pad level. And the dude would have did a backflip and he never would have blitzed again on that side. If Tyler was over there, never, he would be like not coach. I'm not blitzing dude. You see what he did to me. No, I'm good. Uh, you got to assert your dominance out there and, and get the, your opponents to respect you. And the only way you're going to do it is kick their
3: butts, dude. If you don't want to kick nobody's gut, go play baseball, man, get out of here. It was a point a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to remember which game it was, they kind of they kind of blend together at this point. It w- it was early in the game and a ball was put right into his hands and defender just knocked it out of him, knocked him right in the in the chest, and didn't hold on And it wasn't even it was more on the lines of he heard the footsteps is what it was. Like you dude, you're six foot four, two hundred and fifty plus pounds. Well, how are you? feeling footsteps from a guy who's six foot 6'1", 185. So, you guys talk about him being soft. This has been a complaint of mine for him, just kind of privately. Didn't really want to talk about it. I've been feeling this way for a while now. Like, dude, you're a tight end. You're not this dainty little, you No, know, Let's just say it this way. At this point, I think Tutu Atwell is playing tougher than he is. 100%. And that's a horrible 100%. thing. That's
4: a horrible thing to say about somebody. But just to not call my own teammates, I'm not afraid to call on anybody on this team. It's just we have to hold, you know, as content creators, it's, it's our duty to, to to be honest. You know, I'm not going to sit here. Like, for instance, when I tweeted that out, when I took the video in the first quarter, I, I, I rewound the TV. I took a video of that play and I and I just tweeted it out with, the you know, and I said, get Tyler Higby off our team, man. He's trash. I can't deal with this anymore. I'm tired of it. We can't find a better tight end from 2000. I mean, this is Jeff Fisher's tight end. Sean McVay, you haven't been. You you drafted uh, Gerald Everett and you passed on uh, uh, George Kittle, knucklehead. Um, You haven't been able to find a tight end all these years to replace Tyler Higby. You drafted Davis Allen. Every time he comes in the game from Clemson, he looks pretty damn good. Why don't you give him a chance? Stop. Rinse, repeat. I'm so sick of it, dude. I'm so sick of watching the same. It's, it's like watching paint dry, man. Doing the same thing over and over. It's like, it's like uh, the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I'm sick of it at this point. I'm sick of watching that definition of insanity. Every Sunday when it comes to coaching and effort from this team. And I'm talking about the effort of the veterans, not the rookies. The rookies are fighting for their lives because they want to be here. But the veterans, the ones that came back and, and signed off on Sean McVay's retooling or whatever you want to call it, you got, you know, what, four dudes you know, what is it? Three dudes, four dudes, uh, Stafford, Cup, Donald. That's it, right? The three musketeers and came back and, and and what am I seeing? I mean, Aaron's doing his thing, you know, but he's not being as dominant as he normally is. It is what it is, you know, but I'm more frustrated. And then uh, obviously Tyler Higby, he's a veteran. He's a, he's a, he's been on this team forever. I'm not seeing it from those guys. And that's why I'm upset. I'm not upset with the young guys. They're going to make mistakes. But I'm upset with the guys that are supposed to be leading the charge and teaching these guys how to be professionals um, from the coaching staff all the way down to the three musketeers. And that's what I'm going to continue to call them because right now they're playing like the three stooges a little bit. I'm going to give Aaron some slack, though, because he's my man and he's my favorite player of all time. Uh, I don't like to throw him into that one, but maybe I'll just swap him out with Higby and call the other guys the three stooges. <laughs> Aaron is <laughs> it holds a special place in my heart for life. You know, um, he's just in there as you know, a product of circumstance, I guess. But I'm just bummed out at the effort.
3: That for me, it's all always about effort. Uh, not trying to interrupt, but I just want to get a clarification from you. What do you mean by What do you mean by the veterans? I mean, because I I don't see – I see the veterans giving an effort. I mean, except for one guy right now, and that's Tyler Higby. We don't have a whole lot of veterans up in this team, dude. They got rid of a whole bunch of them, and and some of those guys like Leonard Floyd are out there in Buffalo killing it. Yeah, I'm talking about the ones that are left over.
4: Cooper Cup.
3: Clarify it. Okay, Cooper Cup's been hurt. Are you saying he's loafing? Or
4: that's not really. Well, when him, he's been out
3: there.
4: No, no, no. He's listen. I'm not trying to disparage him, but he, him, and Stafford look off. They're, he's Stafford's making bad throws. Cooper Cup's running. There, you saw it today. They did not look like they did in 2021. Okay, they just don't. You know, there's something off. I don't know what it is. There's something off about him. I don't know if it's an effort thing. I don't know if they're just if they're just so physically abused over the years of playing football that they just can't do it at the high level anymore. I, I can't answer that question, but whatever it is, it's not good. I can't pinpoint it at this point. I'm, I'm trying to come up with some sort of explanation, but I don't know.
2: What do you What do you think it is, Mike? Um, I mentioned it earlier. I just think there's just too much dough bread that's now being paid. Uh, Obviously, Cup, coming off an injury, got paid. Aaron Donald, got paid. Higby, he got a new contract two years ago, uh, or was it last year? And so, in my opinion, it's like, when you get that much bread, you're literally thinking like, yeah, man, that check is going to be in the box on Tuesday or in your direct deposit, regardless if I got one catch or 20 catches. And so when, <laughs> I it love gets, it. when it gets down to doing the extra, you don't see the extra. Like you said, why are we even talking about a guy that's huge getting handled by a guy not even that he should just be, hey, man, get out of my way, little gnat. But he's not. The Nat is actually di- doing business with him. So it- it's just odd to me that guys, to me, overall, this is across the league, don't take more pride in how they play and what they're playing for. you know. But you see a lot of guys take plays off. You see a lot of guys not give that second effort. That's why I'm looking at Freeman today. And I'm like, okay, this dude is running hard. Like, why aren't we feeding him? But, you know, I don't know. Does he got an incentive for for games, you know? But he was running hard. And so I don't know how as a coach or whoever's in the booth telling McVay or whoever, like, okay, man, just keep getting the ball to that guy. So I just think uh, overall, man, guys are getting paid so much. There's a thought of, yeah, I'm not trying to come out here and really get injured. And that, to me, is leading to this This play that's so inconsistent, up and down. But I think I date myself. Uh, last year, when we was on the show, I went to a game. And when I saw guys down on the field signing each other's jerseys, I'm like, OK, man, why are not you guys one in the locker room? So once I saw that, I go, yeah, the league has changed. Nobody's out here really trying to get after the guy over there. They want to sign jerseys after the game. Whatever.
4: It's definitely a different era. And I wanted to hear the reason I asked you that, Mike, is because I wanted you to say it first. Because you're a former player, you're well respected, you're fourth all time in tackles for this team. I have a lot of respect for you, my friend. And I wanted to hear you say it first because I feel 100% the same. You know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing a post Super Bowl ring effort, is what I'm seeing from those guys. And When you're rich, you already got the ring on your finger that you've been fighting for your whole life. Sometimes people just kick their feet up a little bit. They got their families. They got their big houses. The check is still in the mail, whether you get two catches for 29 yards or 12 catches for 211. The paycheck's still the same, dude. You know what I mean? There might be some incentives here or there, but you're still getting paid big bucks. Guys like Royce Freeman were out of a job, Of course, he's going to run hard, bro. That dude needs money. You know, he's probably got bills to pay. So he's like he got back on the roster and he got an opportunity when um, when uh, Williams went down and he he's making the best of it every single time he touches the ball. You know, um, Daryl Henderson was without a job. And we gave him an opportunity. So these guys, when they get the ball. They're fighting for their lives because they don't know where their NFL career is going to go versus guys that are under huge contracts, making tons of money and already won a Super Bowl. So, yeah, it's that's what I'm seeing. I'm, you know, and. That's why I I think I was frustrated with the whole um, half cocked uh, rebuilds, in my opinion. You either blow it up or you reload and. It's one or the other. If you're going to eat dead cap, eat it all. Just eat it all. If you're going to have a losing season, cares. Just blow it all up. Don't halfway blow it up and then still lose and say, and try to sell us this BS about 2024 and 2025. When I'm seeing Matt Stafford getting his head beaten in every week and his elbows all bloody. I'm like, dude, you guys really think this guy's going to be playing in 2025? At
2: this rate, you're stoned. I'm sorry, but you're out of your skull. Well, it's all the things you talked about, Tom, in regards to the hangover. And again, like I said, the checks in the bank. You know, these guys got families, their wives are very vocal, some of them, and girlfriends, and you know, so. Their thing is like, hey, we've got enough. Why are you still playing? You don't have to. You know, I'm sure that weighs in on things as well. Uh, But Tommy, you and I, we cut from the same cloth, my brother. My thing was, where I'm at practice or on this field. I'm going to give it to you because I'm not going to get out here and get embarrassed. And what I found out, and I'm sure you would uh, agree, that if you play harder than the next guy longer, you're going to win more battles. You can start imposing your will on whoever it is if you just go harder a little bit longer. I don't really see that anymore, you know, a guy really wanting to. So even though I was never a real big Kobe fan, you know, I probably respect him more after he's retired and then you know obviously he's gone but just the stuff you read about how he practiced and what he did to guys and he he told guys <laughs> was last year he said wait you mfs wait to year when i'm up in the in the office i'm gonna get rid of all of you and so i just thought that was funny because it's like He's like, yeah, you you, sorry, dudes, Y'all don't want to play. Wait till I get up in the office. I want to make sure we get rid of all of you guys. But that's a certain breed. You know, Jordan is cut from that cloth. You know, Magic, Bird, those dudes are cut. They didn't care if they had a pickup game. I'm getting ready to give it to you. And so it didn't matter how much money they made or didn't make. They wanted to go out there and compete. And so... That's what I just see. This missing, and so you know, when I look at the schedule, I look at it and I go, "Man, we could literally probably win four of the six games," but then you go, "Not with the effort today." So I don't know what you guys thought.
3: All right, hold on, we got to right. actually get it here real quick. So before we even get to those thoughts, Prize is a is a largest daily fan sports platform in North America. They are the easiest, the most time way to play DFS is just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections per week, and then watch the winnings roll in. And now with the basketball season here, you can you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. That's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James. Plus, Travis Kelsey had a 10.5-point combo, three-pointers made, and receptions. Oh, I also want to play alongside some of prize picks' favorite players, like rapper Meek Mill or Community Andrew Scholes. You can now find the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. Now, get this. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but there was this massive amount of injuries this weekend. Killing my fantasy team, by the way. Killing it. Uh, brutal. PrizePix offers a reboot policy. that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So, do you have the skills? If you do, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Go on over to talk. Sorry, go over to prizepicks.com forward slash Ramstalk. Can't believe we almost messed that one up. One more time. Prizepicks.com forward slash Ramstalk. Use the code Ramstalk for a first deposit match up to $100 and get in the game. It's Picks Daily Fansports made easy. So you guys are talking about, you know, kind of this disappointment overall and afterward. I think. When we're looking at the the overall direction of the franchise right now, I'm still encouraged. I just, I'm not as optimistic as I was, say, in weeks two and three when this team played a lot better. I think the bigger concern for me overall is, I mean, I I hate to be that guy, but they're winning. Like, they won today. That's actually a bigger concern to me because when you're trying to get new talent in, I'm not saying they go tank. I'm not, I'm not advocating, I'm not advocating outwardly for tanking. of course they should try and win. What I'm saying is. A a franchise direction has been decided. You don't want to admit that. I don't think when this year started, we had so many different Rams fans talking about, they can go 10 and seven. They can go do this. They can do that. And, and we still got talent here and they're going to be even better next year and all this stuff. And, it's not really a rebuild, BS. It's a rebuild when you unload seventy-five million in dead cap, and with the rebuild comes or comes this retool and this restructuring, this rebuilding of a franchise. And like Tommy, like you said, it really needs to be from the ground up. They didn't go from the ground up. They kept the nucleus, and yet I think the nucleus is what's actually malfunctioning right now. Would you agree? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it's, it's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, so you're looking at Tyler Higby is the the prime example. He's the guy we're picking on right now, and he has in in our view, at least in mine and yours, I know, and Mike talking about, he's been he's played soft. I'm I'm you're not going. I'm not seeing a crossword by Aaron Aaron Donald. No, not him. Nope, nope, nope. Effort's always there, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hammer Cooper Cup. He's had a rough year. And when you watch them doing drills, they're just as fantastic as all the work ethic ever been there. But the malfunction is the fact that they're not, they're, what you're seeing in the field is not equal what they are on paper. And if they cannot equal what's on paper, then where, how can guys who are younger and watching this whole thing happen, how are they going to grow? Yeah. And I I wanna
4: I think and I wanna reiterate, I'm not picking on Cooper or Matt. I think their bodies are breaking down on them. I think Cooper Cup's body's breaking down on him earlier than expected. Um, and I think Matt is right on target with everything that he dealt with in Detroit. Is um rearing its ugly head. As for someone who played as long as I did, um, it's two thousand twenty three. <laughs> I built up so many injuries in my life that, in two thousand twenty three I had four surgeries, including one last Monday. That's how hard I played and and my body turned on me. I have seven bulging discs in my back right now at forty five years old. Um, I feel great after the surgeries i'm forty five I feel twenty five but if I went out there and starting abusing all the hard work that these doctors did to me, I would go right back to where I was. So there's no turning back. For me, it's maintaining what the doctors did for me to have a better quality of life from 45 and on. So I'm what I'm watching happening to these young guys. It breaks my heart because I know exactly how they feel physically. And it's sad, especially with Cooper Cup, because he's so young. You know, he's not. I mean, how old is Cooper now? He's not even 30 yet, is he?
3: He's at, around he's there. Almost 30. Yeah, but. You know, around there, it, but it's it's like you're talking about, it's, it's a certain injuries, you know, like the knees and the ankles, those are the stuff that'll slow you down. And, but by the way, there were a couple of times today where he was not just open, but outright open. The guy can still move. Not saying that, but that injury today, having someone fall on you, having all these little kinks happen. That's that. those are warning signs. Like he's, he's still to me moving just as fast. He's still just as great a route runner. He still has all those things. But the question is, can he do it on a day to day basis? And what we're seeing thus far this year is, is not that. Unfortunately, maybe he needs our off season. Maybe, maybe he could prevent father time from catching him sooner. But I mean, that those are the warning signs. Mikey, there, man? You
4: did this this offseason, though. Let's talk about this. What happened in this offseason? He went into the season injured.
2: He had a whole offseason to get healthy. So what happened there? Yeah, but what you got to think about, though, Tommy, is think of the type of player Cooper Cup is. He's been grinding. We talk about our high school days. He's been grinding. He's one of those guys. He's been grinding. He probably didn't miss a practice, didn't miss games. You know, pretty much his whole career until he starts getting those major injuries a couple of years ago. So, like Derek is saying, and you already reiterated, Tommy, that at certain time, father time loses out to no one, and especially at that level. Uh, your observations with with Stafford, yeah. I, my thing is, and you play quarterback, you should be able to hit that little go you know, swing, go route right out the backfield, especially his wide open. It's like, hey man, you you should be able to throw that with, with your eyes closed pretty easily. So to miss some of the throws he was missing so far, part of it I'm gonna say, you know, he's been banged up. You no, know, I don't know what his pitch count is at practice. You know, there are they are coming off a bye, you know, a little more sloppy list. You think it would be better play, but You usually play better when you're going week to week uh, as opposed to a bye week because it just kind of throws out your mental and and physical rhythm. But I just think all things uh, considered uh, a guy like Cooper Cup, when I looked at that play, he was trying to almost kind of get out the way, ended up getting rolled up. So to me, that's a guy not playing full speed. You're just kind of playing when you got to play this game full speed at all times, you're less likely to get hurt. But it looked like to me, he was trying to kind of seal edge, but then not get hit too hard. And then next thing, you know, his legs were up under him. So anyway, that's my take on it. But I I definitely agree with you, Tommy, that it's just father time for a lot of these guys.
4: That's why I asked the question right now, because Mike, I wanted you to answer in the exact way that you just did, because I wanted you to make that point for me, okay, that the off season doesn't matter when father time has got you. So it doesn't matter if we had an offseason this one, the next one, and the next one. That's it right. doesn't matter. And that's, that's why right. I wanted you to make that point for me to, to explain that to Derek, that father time is going to get you. So an offseason isn't going to do you any good. You're still banged up from all the years you played football since you were a little kid. You know, it's so, not going to make a difference. It, all yeah. the damage
3: is done. So hitting, by the way, hitting the wire now, uh, Sean McVeigh's update on, on Cooper Cup, and his quote is, "This just a quote, courtesy of the Rams wire. Don't have an update. It's an ankle injury. As far as the severity of it, McVay said he was going to try and come back and play. He was moving around at the beginning of the second half. And we were hoping that he'd be able to go, but it just didn't feel quite good enough. Or quite feel good enough. I thought Austin Trammell did a great job being able to step up in his, present, in his absence and make some key and critical plays. So I mean, I don't. I think if it was. I think if it was a severe injury, there that that wasn't even going to happen. If it was a severe injury, he was that was there was never the possibility at all from coming back. I don't think it's going to be that bad of an injury, but when you're dinged, you're dinged, especially the ankle. So I'm not even sure he's going to be good the rest of the year overall. He might this might be one of those lowest lost years for him, and mm-hmm. you know, you know. But who? I mean, you're talking about Father Time and. If it's one sprained ankle, I don't think anybody freaks out when you're 30 years old. But when you've had torn ACLs and high a history of high ankle sprains and this and this and this, you know the, that's what's going to slow you down. He's not the biggest guy. He's never he's never going to be a giant 6.4 red zone threat. So what what really has Cooper Cup as an elite receiver is his route running and that combination of speed and movement that makes him hard to get when he's going. So I would be very concerned from the Rams right now. I remember this. There was, do you remember this, Tommy and Micah? I don't know if you guys saw it or not. There was a when Cooper was coming back. They there was this video of him doing a shuffle drill, and it was it was comparing him and Puka Nakua, and he was dusting Puka. I mean, the, the footwork there was phenomenal. And, and that's just, why an ankle an ankle injury is a huge problem for
4: a guy like Cooper Cup because his. The way he uses his hips and his lower body to deceive defensive backs, you need your ankles at 100 percent, so that's a problem.
2: That's real talk
4: he yeah. don't beat him with speed, he don't beat anybody with speed. he beats them with skill, and with skill, you need your lower body intact, your knees and your ankles and your hips. Those three joints need to be where they need to be to do what you do, and that's what he relies on is when he he has this very interesting way of coming off the ball when it's hiked and going straight at the defensive back and he shimmies those hips and they never know if he's going to go left or right and 80% of the time the db whiffs it's hilarious how good he is at that but you need those three joints to pull that off and if he has an ankle issue that is not going to be do well for him
2: not at all now do you guys uh, did you notice towards the end of the game when the Rams were uh trying to get in the end zone? Uh Ben Schronik was in. He came in, came in motion, and he actually blocked out. Actually, on the uh, I think it was Daryl Henderson when he scored that touchdown. But they actually require their receivers to actually really block. And so Again, by the time you actually are blocking, you're not really just kinda standing in front of a guy. I mean Schroeder came and he he took a guy's knees out, which I'm like, I don't think that's legal, but he got away with it uh so that's another thing that that again puts you in what we would say a little bit more of harm's way when you actually have to go in there and actually bang so to uh tommy's point uh for a runner, a DB, that's why I knew my career was over when I had that plantar fasciitis that last year. And it was like, yeah, I couldn't even get away from linemen in practice. I'm like, yeah, this is not going to end well. So it was good to get get out of there with 10, but to come and try to go get surgery and do something, no. Once them wheels are, are gone, it's time to sit it on down at the, at the, at the specialty receiver position. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I, I still think that, uh, you know, when we look at these records, I don't know if we'll get to it today, but I, I, it seems like they should be able to win four to six. We well, we we previewed on the last show.
4: We went through the remainder of the season and I ended up with I think we both ended up with a total of six wins right there. Yep. Six and eleven, which which is completely useless if you think about it. It's like it's like purgatory. You don't go to the playoffs and your draft pick is like in the middle of the first round, so it's kind of a waste. It sucks. I hope that's not the case, but whatever. It is what it is. Um Mike, real quick, how old were you when you played your last game?
3: I was what, 30? 96? Yeah,
2: my
4: last game. 31. My, 31. 31 my last football game I ever played was a huge gap in between the two last games. Let's just, let's just say that. So I think my last game I played on a consistent basis was age 24 or 25, maybe. And then I stopped playing football. And, um, in my early thirties, I want to say it was 32 or 33. Maybe I played an alumni high school football game for charity. So my high school played against our rival in a a charity event. Basically, anyone who wanted to play in the game that was physically able to um, from any class could play in the game. So we had guys from anywhere from class of 2011, which was the year that we played the game, all the way up until class of 93. I was class of 96. So. I was in my early 30s and I ended up moving down to outside linebacker for the game because a lot of the younger guys were faster and younger than me. So they said, hey, Tommy, instead of playing strong safety in this game, why don't you let me play strong safety and you play outside linebacker? All you got to do is cover, curl the flat and, and tight ends and and running backs. And then you can blitz as you see fit. I was like, dude, that, I, I've never done, I never played linebacker before. That'd be great. So I did. Anyways, point being is I was in my early 30s and we played the game we kicked butt we won 34 to 6. it, yes. was, it was a fun night um and it, what was even better is our, our rival always kicked our butts la mirada high school um always kicked our butts they were always the cream of the crop so to be able to smoke them in the alumni game was was pretty awesome but point being is in my early 30s playing that last game i yeah, I was. Let's just say I was in bed for three or four days. <laughs> I, I laid a hammer quite a bit, and uh, I paid the price for it for sure. And that's when I really started to notice that my back was in a in a bad way.
2: You so, guys yeah, play tackle?
4: Oh yeah, full contact, bro. I could send you <laughs> photos, dude. I got I got photos of the high def photos of the game and stuff in my phone somewhere. Yeah, All dude, right? it was it was brutal. The the, the people who sponsored the game um, were the people that filmed the Blindside movie. Um, and they, we used the gear for that movie. So we wore, I had our own jerseys made. We wore black jerseys with, with Bellflower high on it and our numbers and our names, but we wore the pants and the helmets and stuff from the actual movie. Um, so that was pretty cool. I ended up, um, had wearing a, my own helmet cause the helmets that they gave us were like, they were funky. So, I ended up buying my own helmet. They told us we were going to wear white. So, I bought a brand new white helmet. And then they showed up with the gear and they were red helmets. So, I was the only guy on the field with a white helmet. So, you could see me everywhere I went. You knew where I was because I was the only guy on the field wearing a white helmet. It was hilarious. They're not, you're not going to wear one of the red ones. I'm like, those things smell like (laughs) crack, bro. Like, they were so disgusting. I'm like, you guys really brought these things for us to wear? It was horrible. But it was a fun night. But, point being, Long story short is that, you know, it hurt a lot and I never, I never put it on again. <laughs> I was done. I knew that for sure. Yeah. So these guys they were around the same age, you know, what, what is Stafford? He's what, 35 or so. Right. And then Cooper cups, you know, getting close to 30 Aaron Donald around there. Like, yeah, I know they're hurting a little bit. So yeah, it's just, it sucks to watch. I'm just glad that we were able to watch this team grow over the years and see it maturate into that Super Bowl win in 2021 um, 22. It was a beautiful thing to watch. Now we just got to figure out where we go next. You know?
3: Well, there's a lot of ways to go, but the first part is having a great draft, the second great draft to Rome. And mm-hmm. I think. I think that was a focus last year, and they did a good job of it. So, I mean, there's 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 hope there. There's there's something like a very dour. Podcast for it being a a post game where there was a win, it just was an ugly win, and it was an ugly win that exposed a lot of problems that were already just annoying. But now, as you're getting close to the end of the year, and you know that you know that's not going to get any better. Usually, if it's going to get better, you'll see it after the bye. But that's not what happened. So. But guys, it's time to go. We've been we've been chopping it up now for almost an hour now, and it's time for us to roll on out of here. Any final thoughts, Mike? We'll take you first. My Any final, final thoughts?
2: thoughts are simply: I would like to see at least where you defend your home field. Uh, if you just won all your home games, you're going to always be, you know, a 500 team. Uh, make it make it hard for a team to come in your spot. And when at your place, Tommy, how about you? I just want to
4: see out uh, first and foremost. I want to apologize for the fans of this episode. I'm sorry if I seem like a Debbie Downer. I'm just pissed off at the effort. Um, yeah, I, I, effort is huge for me. I don't. If we lost today and the guys were fighting for their lives, I would be in such a better mood. And I know that sounds weird because we won, but they didn't deserve that win. In my opinion, they did not. And if Geno Smith didn't get hurt, they would have they would have lost the game anyway. So it doesn't matter. I want to see a better effort from these guys. I wanna, I want them I want them to show that they wanna be there. And it's mostly on the older guys. The younger guys are fighting for their lives and fighting for their jobs and fighting for money. I get it. Um so next week against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals um in Arizona, they are gonna give The Rams, all that they can handle, and they are going to come with effort, and they are going to fight because I've been watching them the last two weeks. And just because they didn't win the game today doesn't mean they weren't fighting. I was watching it on the Red Zone channel because I knew that they're our next opponent, so I was scouting them, and they want to fight. So, Rams, you better sack up
3: because they're coming for you next week, yo. That's it. That's all I got, gentlemen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna somewhat disagree. I think they played like hot cards. I think we saw some moments there, were especially from guys like Tyler Higbee, who didn't really, didn't really show up a bit. And I've been getting more and more disappointed with him ever since that breakout year he had in 2019. It's so not here or there. They played like garbage the first half, but they did play like a much more complete football team the second half, and they. Regardless of an injury, they could have rolled over playing my guards in the first half and didn't do anything in the second half. And instead they came back and they got a win. They, they deserve credit for that. So I I'm, I'm not so hardcore on it as you are, but nonetheless, that they need to see see more from the guys who should matter. That's what you're paying them for. Everybody matters. I know, I know. That's gonna be the, the you know, participation in war kind of thing. But the reality is you're paying Guys like Tyler Higbee, more money than those fifth and sixth round guys hanging out in the back of that secondary. You're paying Higbee to make an impact. So you need to make an impact. That's how it just needs to be. When you have have a lack of talent at certain positions on this football team, the ones who do have talent, and we know he does have talent, need to play like it. And that's my closing thought. Follow us on X at talk Rams. Follow me at DC Paul. Follow follow Tommy at Ram Tommy in LA as he just pretty much lights the football world on fire. Just watch it burn, like joker kind of stuff. And follow Mike at one do twenty-three. And get, get the full load of our staff. Don't forget Steve and Johnny over bugging heads as well. They'll be back this week as we as will I in the team, Austin team. That's the proper English for that. I don't know, I'm the teacher. Beats me. So that, that all that gibberish means it's really time to go we're getting tired and old men are getting sleepy so right here have a great one peace peace